Can the mighty Lions of England follow in the footsteps of the victorious Lionesses by bringing football home? No, they can't. That and more spoilers on our World Cup special of that song from that movie. can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distant run. Yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more? You'll be a mason. <laughs> Come on, Ben, finish it off. I thought I did. No, there is one more line. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, we're playing four. We're playing four. four fucking two. Thank you for joining that song from that movie, The Journey for the Very Best and Worst of Movie Songs. I am your proud 2002 under-12s Yorkshire Amateurs Challenge Shield semi-finalist host, Dietrich. Wow, wow. what a mouthful. <laughs> Learning things about you still this day. Yep, and we're joined by the star striker who spits 20 goals a season, Alex. Hey, n- no one's going to get that reference. Um, but, you know, Mr. Komorowski called me the Thierry on Rio Year 10, whereas uh, Mr. Booth just referred to me, who was our history teacher, referred to me as Dimitar Berbatov. So I'll take either of those. Alex was very good at football. Well, you wouldn't know it listening to his voice. <laughs> or no, oh, to see me. <laughs> <laughs> Even see you on the football pitch, you wouldn't think it. No. Until the if anybody likes me. a good slow step over, I'm your man. <laughs> I still remember the, I think, our uh, good friend Craig, who would be like, it's so obvious what he's going to do, and yet he always gets away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also with us is the man who every Sunday evening tells us that he's done, just completely done with football. But he's always back the following Friday night. Ben. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's, I, I hate it. I hate I hate being a football fan. It's not enjoyable. It's not enjoyable. No, it's not. It's not. It, it, can, it fills you with just dread and despair and a little bit of hope, and that makes the dread and despair even worse. What must it be like to support a team that does well? Oh, I know. I'd like to go back to the years of obscurity. We're all Leeds fans, by the way, if you're not fully aware of that by now. Um, and it, it's awful. <laughs> and it's just It awful. is awful. It's just awful. I only ever won one football-related trophy. Do you remember what this was, Alex? Um, it was terrible. <laughs> it was a best attitude trophy <laughs> from a Leeds football camp. <laughs> Literally, it was because, and I don't even, I'm not even, I don't even mean this by any sort of um, decreasing my ability whatsoever. I was hit really hard in the stomach and had an asthma attack. And I think because I kept coming, even after that, they came up best attitude. Nothing I did on the pitch or anything. I think it's a step above participation. Yeah, well, I, I don't think they'd gotten to that point in our society where they were giving them out. <laughs> Good. I would like to know in the past fortnight, what have you been watching? So I watched the film See How They Run. Oh yeah, I also watched this. Yeah, because it's new on Disney+. Plus. It was pretty good. I kind of enjoyed it. It was very, very short for a film. Although the film we're discussing this week was also very short. Which kind of threw me off a bit. Because I was was expecting it to run like two hours plus like the... um, the actual uh, the Kenneth Branagh Agatha Christie adaptations, but it it, it did not. Um, but I enjoyed it. But I thought it felt like it was like a BBC made for Christmas TV 100%. show. 
but then they somehow cast Adrian Brody, Sam Rockwell, and Saoirse Ronan because the rest of the cast yeah. is very much yeah. like these. That person's been in this BBC show. That person is is you know Rishi Smith. It felt <laughs> so, like it should be better though, given that cast. Yeah, I mean it was a great cast. Don't get me wrong. Also, it felt good. very underused of Sam Rockwell just pretending he's slightly drunk and not giving him any lines. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah acting. That acting. Acting. It was a pretty good British accent though that he was doing. Mm, mm. Not that, like you said, there was yeah. much of it. <laughs> Who knew Saoirse Ronan could do Irish that well? I know, yeah. It's almost <laughs> as if she was from there. Swazi Ronan, yeah. <laughs> I went to the cinema and saw uh, <gasps> the Banshees of Inner Sharing. Oh, yeah. The new um, one by, is it, Matthew, is it Matthew McDonough? What's his name? Martin McDowell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the guy who did Three Billboards and uh, Yes, and In Bruges. Bruges. Seven Psychics yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. yeah. You can't really call his films enjoyable because then they usually end pretty depressing or meh. Um, but actually, really, uh, I thought it was very good. Probably one of his better ones, actually. I know Alex hates Three Billboards. Well, I just thought, oh, yeah, I did think it was overrated. I didn't really get it, I think. Yeah. Conversation for another time. <laughs> Too much to talk about. He's <laughs> probably been on this podcast already at some point. Go yeah, back probably. and listen to all our episodes to find it. You watch anything, D? I've watched up to the point of recording all the released episodes of Andor on Disney Plus, and I wondered whether or not you guys had watched it yet. Nope. I haven't even watched Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah, yet either. Obi-Wan was alright. Uh, Andor, mm. though, is absolutely fantastic. Is it that good? I've not started it yet. It's incredible. It, it, it's it's one of those things, I think I t- tweeted it on the uh, our podcast account, that it's so good, it's wasted on the Star Wars franchise. Nice, nice. It's like it's like Tony Gilroy's written just like twelve part show, and it's like it's in it's split into like three episode arcs. It's just, okay. it's just so good. You should really Do should I watch need it. to have seen Kenobi to watch it? No, there's no connection whatsoever. Not to Kenobi. No, the only connection it really has to the larger Star Wars world is it's a prequel to Rogue One. Yes, which I have seen. <laughs> so there you go. So that's good. That's all you really film. need to know. I would, I would really recommend it. Like the first episode will feel slow because. It, it's the first act of essentially a small movie. But yeah, I would really recommend it. I hope it finishes well. Oh no, it's not finished yet. So you've told us how good it is, Dean, it's not even complete. Yeah. Up until oh, the point of when we are recording, it has been fantastic. Okay. Can't wait for next the, the, <laughs> the next episode. It's shit. No one watch it. Too good for Star Wars. Should I do the uh, the caveat now that we haven't got any notes? Oh yeah, do it. <laughs> I think you've just done it. This is the, the professionalism. <laughs> the professionalism. Yeah, okay. So, cards on the table here. We have a bit of a mix-up behind the scenes, and nobody's done the notes, uh, like the trivia and the history <laughs> for this. So, we're winging it. I will use this at this moment to judge whether we can do this, and I never have to make notes again. Oh yeah, imagine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if it's our best episode ever. <laughs> they just seem so loose and natural. <laughs> it's completely opposite. I'm so stiff right now. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Interesting choice of words. Oh, damn, yeah. Okay. To celebrate the arrival of the men's FIFA World Cup, we are diving into our ball bags for It's On Me Head, Son, Not Off Me Head, Son, from the movie Mike Bassett, England Manager. So, to find out what was happening in the world when the movie came out, Time for some history. For very obvious reasons, I'm slowly focusing on movies that came out in this month of September 2001. There's one that I've uncovered that is something that I'm going to quickly have to add to my collection. Oh, God. The film is called Rodents, with a Z 
<laughs> of course. What do we think Rodents with a Z is about? Is it a sequel to Ants with a Z? Um, judging by the image, no. Ah. Presumably some sort of mutant mice bonus type points, situation. Bonus points for guessing the uh, tagline for Rodents with a Z. Also known as Altered Species in some countries apparently had a worldwide oh, release. Altered Species? Uh, is it like Rats All Folks? Oh. That, that, that'd be great. That'd be great. Um, it's basically the plot. Well, it's basically the uh, I say the plot of the Spider-Man episodes based around the the lizard about a man who's found a way to regenerate damaged tissue in the body and is experimenting yeah. on rats, but the effects are disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> Does he turn into a giant mutant rat? Uh, it looks like it based on this terrible yeah. image that's on the poster. The tagline is "Hide the cheese." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> now I think that's multi-layered. <laughs> Yeah, because they've not successfully heard in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there, stinking up all the film. <laughs> yes. But it looks like nothing else good came out at this time. Like there's no there's no huge movies. The biggest one I can find is well, I mean you can see Zoolander's a big film, but was it I don't know. It's not like a sort of a, a summer blockbuster that you'd expect of September. I think it was a bit of a slow burn, wasn't it? Zoolander. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Also I mean, some of the releases in September 2001 might have been delayed a few months because of something oh, yeah, that Spider- happened. Was Spider-Man? Was Spider-Man delayed or was it just edited? Something was delayed about it. I remember writing it in my notes all that time ago because um, Sony was called out for like announcing it on September 12th. I remember a lot of films had to go back into editing. Yeah, was it was it Men in Black 2 that we covered? Oh yeah, that's right. Men in Black 2 had to refilm its ending. Was yeah. was Spider Man hanging from the the World Trade Centers? Was that in one of the films? Or was he just they had to cut it he out? Sp- he span a web between them, didn't he? Nice. Might have just been a trailer, and you could probably find on YouTube. Yes, yes, probably. I I, I think I've seen it many a times. But yes, f- nothing needed to be edited in Mike Bassett, England Manager. <laughs> 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 it would we would all be shocked if so. You know, it's, the, I often say for those unaware. This might be the most time that's been relevant because I have no idea. This film is seminal to our childhoods, and I have no idea how <laughs> aware people are outside of our small sphere of friends. This was a popular film. Was okay, it? Are, we, are, we, are we going into the film now? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, guys, it's a it's a mockumentary about um, Mike Bassett, who is an England manager, having only previously managed in the lower leagues, and he spoilers takes. England to is it the semi final where they lose to Brazil? Yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who go on to win the World Cup, which is important because we lost to the winners. That's very important. That's important. Seminally important. Good indeed. Popular film. Do, was it? <laughs> this might come up in Ben's notes. Had he had done them, but it was, it, it was popular enough that it got his, like a spin off TV show on ITV. Yes, that's true. Like obviously, it will only be popular in the UK. So like, if you're someone listening to this podcast outside the UK. There's going to be a lot of references Why? here that make no sense. <laughs> Why? We do have a lot of American listeners, according to the uh, the analytics. Crikey. Anyway, shall I just talk about the film? Yes, go. Go, go for it. Okay. So I remember watching this movie all the way back when I was a kid and thinking it was hilarious. One of the funniest films I've ever seen. And I don't know, probably the best film I've ever, I'd ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but looking back, I'm not sure if that was just because I was, what, 10 when this came out? And it ha- it was football related, so it was the best thing ever because it was football related. Like the film Goal. 
like the film, film Girl, Girl or the Michael Owen cereal. It's the Michael Owen cereal. <laughs> My God, that tasted like absolute trash. But when you're <laughs> when you're nine, ten, eleven years old and you love football, it's the greatest thing in the world. Oh yeah, I mean, I had many boxes, <laughs> many boxes worth. <laughs> so I rewatched it, but I had a lot of apprehension going into it because I, I knew there was going to be moments that I enjoyed in the film, like. Like Gary Wackett's interview at the beginning, still, <laughs> still hilarious. That, that interview—it's just a, per, a perfect encapsulation of like football media interviews on Sky Sports News, uh, or like like the Mexico halftime talk is like I mean iconic. an iconic scene of British right. cinema. <laughs> but I was really worried that if I when I watched this film back, it was just going to have aged horribly. There was going to be loads of like offensive jokes that have just. You, you don't laugh. You sort of just go, "Oh, there's a gay joke here. Oh, there's a there's a racist joke here." It's that sort of thing. Thankfully, I didn't think it was too bad watching it back in terms of the jokes. I still, at times, found it laugh out loud funny. I mean, maybe you could argue that football humor, especially online, has not evolved in 25 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> definitely. So maybe I'm. Um, like rain it on a curve where it's like it's football related and the humor's not too offensive to every single person watching. Um, I did wince a little bit at the um, what's the striker called? It was like Patrick Bamford, Rufus Smalls, Rufus Smalls. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rufus Smalls. Like there was a, a small inkling towards him being potentially homosexual, and that's why he's bad at football. I mean, isn't isn't that isn't that like at Lambert and Butler or whatever the two the guys Benson, from, and Benson, Benson, Benson and Hedges, Benson and Hedges. But yeah. Viewing it through the lens of being a football fan and knowing where football humour is, I think the movie still is great and it's still worth a watch. And it's still, for the most part, very relevant to how I view the England team. <laughs> yes, definitely. What about you guys? My memories of this film are definitely watching a uh, pirated copy on DVD, which I probably managed to acquire from a market somewhere on the east coast of England. <laughs> I've been to said market. Yes, and um, it's come up before this podcast. And so there were definitely people, uh, silhouettes of people getting up and down uh, during the recording, going to buy popcorn <laughs> and whatnot. And yeah, I, I just think it's a bit of a gem of a film. <laughs> I just, I, I did rewatch it and I was like, UD, I was thinking like, oh God, I haven't watched this in like 15, 20 years. Like there could be some bad offensive jokes in it and and like you you said i don't think there was really i mean other than like you know the general football ones but i don't think it was there were there wasn't anything that was i, w- I really winced at which was yeah. which was nice yeah, exactly. it was nice watching a film from that time and be like you know what that actually you could probably watch this it would be okay to watch this now and you don't feel ashamed i think it's it's just really funny but in a sort of it is a very british humor isn't it not in kind of like a stiff upper upper lip like black adder type you know sitcom humor but it's more like um i guess like it's it's like the tv shows that started spawning around the same time that are very similar like so like things like the office which i think came out the same year as this i, I did look that up earlier because i was like i wonder which came first you know with the whole handy cam interview following people yeah. around type situation they both came out the same exact year so i thought that was interesting and i think it's it's just kind of viewing something in a very normal way to kind of find the humor i think it, it is still silly and it it's not necessarily subtle comedy but at the same time it's not outlandish <laughs> either if you know what i mean like there I, are parts that are 
big jokes, but it's nothing that goes like beyond the ridiculousness of football anyway. And that's why yeah, it yeah, works yeah. so well because it sends it up in a way that makes sense. So there's like lots of like I think you've kind of already referenced to you, like the interviews and like the silly sort of football cadences that people fall into into when when discussing the game and and it really does a good job I think at looking at journalism generally and like its approach to football and kind of like the cynical nature sometimes of the press in this country and mm. uh, and I think it does a really good job of doing that but I think like what makes it good is that like a really good, I was gonna say great film then which may be too too far but I think <laughs> it really captures in its kind of clipped but genuinely feel good ending the sense of like the impossible made real that football can conjure up to fans yeah and it's like it, the the ending does really feel triumphant even though they don't win the World Cup and actually you don't it doesn't dwell on the matches after the third group stage game yeah and it's just like it would have been too silly for them to win the World Cup, and so they didn't. And that just really makes me think, it's just, I don't know. It wouldn't have been British if they were. Ex- exactly. But that moment when he kind of, well, one, the moment where he reads the Kipling poem, which we've already alluded to, is magical. And it does actually get you, like, it does thaw, like, the uh, if there was, like, a dormant uh, nationalist <laughs> within all of us, it kind of thaws it a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> the dormant nationalist. Tagline for the podcast. Well, that is a great line, isn't it? <laughs> the, uh... Three dormant nationalists. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that moment on the when he gets off the plane. And I don't know if we were going to discuss Summertime by Robbie Williams, but it's an absolute banger at the end of this film. <laughs> so I think we should probably discuss it. But that final scene is just like it does it does it does send send the heart soaring a little bit. So I just think it's yeah. good. I think it's just an underrated film and from someone who has seen a lot of football films, so most people don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally this, an escape to victory, a bowling out the top for me. This oh, is the two goal. best football oh, films. Oh, goal. No, goal is not as good as this. Bend it like Beckham. Bend it like Beckham is probably in the top. Yeah, yeah I would put that yeah. definitely in the, near the top, in the top three. But I, I, I think this is, I think for me, this is better. <laughs> yeah. How many of those have Keith Allen? Well, exactly. I'm surprised they got Pele in this. I'm very surprised they got Pele in this. And Ronaldo. I, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised Pele's funny in this. Did, yeah, that's the thing. They didn't just have Pele as a a cameo. He has this cameo moment when uh, Mike Bassett's dancing on the table with his clothes off, and Pele walks through. But he also ha- he has the interview, and he's great. Yeah, he's, the um, interview is fantastic. It's like a evergreen interview. You could always play that. It'll yeah. always make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've actually seen on Reddit, completely out of context, the scene in which he's being interviewed and the delay where he's answering the question. Like that's oh, yes. answering the question that was asked before the question that's currently being asked. And it's been posted as quite a humorous, I guess, again, a bit of commentary about just the ridiculousness sometimes of punditry and interviews and the whole, this kind of whole rigmarole that will happen soon as well as we approach the World Cup. It is made more realistic by just the amount of cameos they have. Um, I guess some British staples, but even like, um, I think Ronaldo's in it. He does. He does crop up at one point, but yeah, I don't know yeah. whether that's actually like they've asked him that question or whether that's just stock. This well, is it. Like, I, don't, I have no but idea. I, I think this is what the job the film actually does quite well, which a lot of football films get wrong. Is actually it blends the it blends the the real and the unreal quite well. I think like him in stadiums. I mean, there are points where it looks a bit dream team. I have to admit, and especially oh, God, where Cal, where Cal Fletcher, the main striker of uh, Hatchester United, <laughs> does appear in this film. Oh yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I felt like it didn't. Go too far beyond no. realism, <laughs> yeah. In terms of like the way they kind of tie in Wembley Stadium and things like that. 
<laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it must have been a small budget. I can't imagine it's been a oh, very big yeah. budget. Well, that's the thing. It surprises me. Um, but I, it always makes me laugh because when you were saying about, is this a great film or not? Back in my most pretentious days of watching films and like watching just, you know, like ridiculously obscure, like, you know, Norwegian films from the 30s. And I remember being on a, like a, <clears throat> a popular list making website for films and everyone on it was incredibly pretentious, like super pretentious. And I, when I posted my top 100 films, there was all these, you know, ridiculous films in. And then Mike Bassett was in there, and I got absolutely ripped for having this English football <laughs> film in my top 100 list. And it was just, I never went back on the website. Good. Well, those people yeah. were wrong. Most of those yeah. films have now gone out of my list, but exactly. Mike Bassett's still there. Mike Bassett's still there. <laughs> Moving slowly up just between Goodfellas and There Will Be Blood. Oh my God. <laughs> that's the sandwich. That's the sandwich you want. That's a weekend, isn't it? Those three. That's a triple <laughs> that's a triple bill. Yeah, you know at which point you're having the uh, the Vindaloo. <laughs> oh man, my cheeks are hurting already. How do we want to do this then? So does somebody just want to read off IMDB's trivia page now? Um, about what though? Because there's nothing about the song. <laughs> well, no, we're still in the film, aren't we? We haven't gone oh, right, to the yeah, song yeah. yet. But what I think, what do you want to talk about? With am, am I right in thinking that England did get knocked out by Brazil in the 2002 World Cup? They did, yeah. That followed, yeah. But in the quarterfinals, not semis. Ah, yeah. So it's almost me in primary yeah. school, sat on the rug in the yeah. morning. Okay, that it's... was that was one piece of trivia. <laughs> 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 to be fair, it fortunately skips the worst parts of being an English football fan. Because no matter what, the recent times we've had, which have been fantastic, I have incredible memories of the 2018 World Cup. And I've got, you know, some very, very, very good memories of the last Euros. But I've also got some fucking shit memories of when we lost. And the hope, the hope both times, because we go in front and it kills me. And I'm sitting in the car. I've not said goodbye to anyone. And my (laughs) arms are crossed. And I just want to cry. And fortunately, even how good this film is and the build-up and the narrative, if they'd have had a little bit from that Brazil game in it and watching us lose 1-0 in a fake film about a fake football match and a fake manager, I'd have felt shit. Yeah, I completely get that. <laughs> completely get it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, man. Apparently there's an alternative ending for this film I've just seen. What? Go on. Tell yeah. us. Wait, one second. One second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to digest this and then regurgitate it. And Dee's going to cut out the silence. Just just while he's doing that, did did either of you watch the TV show? Uh, I I watched it. I started watching it. I thought it was crap. I remember watching it at the time and thinking it was terrible. Yeah, same. I remember there was a, an attempt at a sequel to this, though, that was like a Kickstarter, but it didn't make enough money. <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. This is amazing, Alex. Go on, go on. Oh Alternative God. ending. Okay, okay. Mike rejects a four-year extension. They appoint a foreign manager as his replacement. Sven. Gary Wackett is now retired and is now on Gladiators. <laughs> Brilliant. Rufus Smalls is given the captaincy back, or on question of sport, apparently. <laughs> All right. Okay. Wait, is this this Tonk- is the alternative ending. This is the alternative ending. Kevin Tonkinson. Now, Kevin Tonkinson is the Gaza character of the uh, film. Yeah. He's now the manager of a local pub. <laughs> Makes sense. Where Mike is seen coaching players on a sandy field, and Mike Bassett is the manager of Bolivia. <laughs> that sounds like it was going to do like a. Everyone's having a party, and there's a freeze frame with text coming up at the bottom saying what's <laughs> yeah. going to happen to them. <laughs> He's probably playing some Stone Roses song or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Apparently, the film ends with Mike jumping on board a red jeep and driving off with Karen and Jason. Is that the guy? His two like assistants. 
Uh, no, I think it's his, probably his wife. It's his and, wife and son. And son. Oh, right, right, for son. It should have been Bradley Walsh and the other guy. Yeah, the guy from Res by Wolves. I've got two words for you. Daewoo. <laughs> <laughs> You've stolen my my, uh, my closing line. <laughs> Your ending. <laughs> yeah. Vader's that'll be the Daewoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can just regurgitate moments from this film. So they're jokes that... I think if you're not British, that's not funny. <laughs> no, probably not. The, the, the most British thing is Bradley Walsh. Oh, great game. Oh, but they didn't do well, did they? No, terrible game. Terrible group of lads. <laughs> oh, right. So how do we talk how do we talk about this song? Uh because, ladies and gentlemen, this song's not real. What? It's not it's not a real song. <laughs> I really struggled to find the lyrics, by the way. I was I was looking online, there's lots of like websites that were like uh, lyrics to the song and there's none of them had the lyrics. Really? I, I don't know if you do too much find them. There isn't many, is no, but it's hard to hear distinguish some of the things that they say. But I did work it out. I played so, it slowly. Atomic Kitten is a real group. It's a very, very real group that was seminal probably in all of our childhoods, just as this film was. Yep. <laughs> formed a lot later than I thought they did. They, just looked, they were formed in 1998. I felt like they were around well into my early days. I guess they spawned from the wake of Girl Power and Spice Girls. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the wave yeah, that yeah, just kind yeah. of comes out afterwards. So this is probably at their height. So they had three number ones. Can you name them? The three number ones. Hole yeah. again. Twice. Yep. Um. <laughs> Eter- <laughs> Eternal Flame, probably. Yeah. Yep. Um, Tide is high. Yeah, well done. Well Ooh, done. Oh, dear. Well Pull that one out of there. Two Look covers. In fact, are they three covers? The Hole again's not a cover, is it? I, I, I assumed like they were like a Westlife in which did they have any real songs. <laughs> but obviously, as well, they had two lineups. So the original Hole again had Kerry Katona, but Kerry Katona isn't in this film. But nor is Natasha. And the film makes one makes a joke about that. I assume that she actually genuinely couldn't be in the film. I assume, yeah. I don't think she would. She was too big to refuse. Yes. Whilst we've been talking, I found the trivia about that. Oh god. Okay. So Natasha Hamilton had been hospitalised with a ruptured appendix just days before yeah. the due, song was due to be recorded, and the scene was due to be filmed. So the song is actually sang by Lily Allen. What? Oh, so because they got Keith Allen in there? Yeah. yeah so this is, the, pre, is this pre Lily just, Allen? It'd be pre before. Yeah, way before she was. Um, before she wow. released Smile. I think that would have been in like 2007 or eight, maybe? Maybe. I've realised yeah. we've not actually talked about what it is. Yes. yes. So <laughs> it's, it's very common for people unaware that when a World Cup or even a Euros is round the corner, a song is released coupled with the, I guess, the hopes and dreams of a nation pinned on one song. Now, most of them are terrible, but some of them have actually been absolutely iconic. Yep. There's an attempt in this film for Atomic Kitten, spearheaded by Keith Allen, an actor, shall we say, <laughs> in air quotes, to put forward a song called On My Head Son, Not Off My Head Son. Yep. It's a shocking song. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's taken uh, it's taken inspiration from some of the eighties ones in which the actual footballers took part. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. not really been a thing for a while, has it that? No, I mean obviously the the fact that Keith Allen in there is significant in that he was in um, the video for World in Motion, which is the greatest football, which is definitely up there. It's not the greatest. It's up there. It's what's the greatest? What's the greatest? The lions. Embrace. <laughs> Embrace. It's it's James Corden. No, <laughs> no, it's Three Lions. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I forgot about the Three Lions. Why? Why would I? Why would I forget that? World in Motion is up there, but it's not the best. Yes, no, I, I I will quickly concede that I forgot about the, the obvious one. He was also in the video for Fat Lads Vindaloo as well, wasn't he? So I think he was. that it's... that is why he's in this film. That's why Keith Allen's in. <laughs> yes. 
so it's not a real song. It's very brief, but it kind of do it fits because Atomic Kitten really could have done one of these songs in a way. I've just quickly glanced through just to make sure. Did they do one? Did they do an actual song? Well, they later re-recorded Hole Again with Gareth yeah, Southgate-related yeah. lyrics. Yeah, which is what I was just like, just recognising and being very obvious. So the parody became real. Yeah. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy that someday Atomic Kitten would release a football-related song. Yeah. there's also It's also been quite common where people just release songs and change the lyrics ever so slightly. We've had many of those, some terrible ones. Any any uh, contributions to what the worst have been? Oh, from Paris to Berlin? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> We're going one of the to worst. win the World Cup. That's one of the worst. I was not a fan of the Tony Curtis one. Oh, yeah. Is this, this the, the way, way to, to the World Cup? I mean, it's got to be. It doesn't even work. There was Come On England, which was like Come On Eileen, Dexter Midnight Runners, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> come on, England. Oh, that was the good bit about the. Oh, yeah, it was, it was the Beckham scores, a penalty. That was the one. <laughs> In the Tony Curtis one. They're all shocking. Um, and have we had a have we got one for this year's World Cup of being so disconnected and depressed by this World Cup? I haven't heard one. It's been a while since England have done an official one. In fairness, I guess do you want to do you want to be coupled with the oh yes you were the one that released it for the Qatar World Cup a kind of move that's been quite openly I say openly criticised by everyone apart from those people who are slowly trying to push it away because they're working for them. Gary Neville. Yeah. So when I rewatched the movie, I knew that this song, On My Head Song, was coming. But I watched the film with my wife who had never seen the film before. Yeah. So I thought this was a good way of like trying to gauge her reaction as to whether or not, one, this is a good song, and two, whether or not it's a good joke in the film. Did Did she know it was a fake song? We'll get to that, Ben. We'll get to that. What I asked her first of all was, what does she think the song of Mike Bassett, England Manager, is? And she assumed it was Three Lions. Right, yep. Um, yeah. Thinking it was going to be on some sort of like montage at the mm-hmm. end, like a like over like a triumphant win or whatever. Obviously, at that point, I went, no, it's actually in universe. It's in, It has to fit in the mockumentary style of the film. Because if it was just a montage within the context of like the actual film, it, w- it would have felt weird because it is presented as if... Is it Martin Bashir? Yeah. Yeah, it's Martin uh, Bashir. It, it's like he's doing, he is doing the documentary. So when Keith Allen appeared, she went, it's Vindaloo. Oh, of course it's Vindaloo. What was I thinking? And then before I could even go, you're wrong, Atomic Kitten appeared. <laughs> and she went, <laughs> and she said, well, th- this doesn't seem right. Atomic Kitten never did a real song. Is this a real song? And I was like, not only is it a real song, but it's a- this song is a classic. And I was annoyed that she hadn't heard it because I definitely play it on the run up to every World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've got a bit of like, I don't know if you guys have got the same thing. On the run up to every World Cup or Euros, there's a couple of things I always do. One of them is on the run up to the first match, I'll rewatch the all the goals compilations on YouTube of like the previous Euros and the previous World Cups. So I like, do that. I've done that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like for this one, I'll probably I'll probably start at the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. And just work my way every every two years up until I get to the previous Euros. Hmm. But the other thing I do, and this is in the run up to the actual uh, the first England match, which let's be honest, when the World Cup starts in earnest, is listen to football related songs. But this one isn't on Spotify because it's not a real song. <laughs> so this one is the only one I ever have to put in real effort into find, which is why 
I'm annoyed that she can't remember that I always play this and it always has like it's just a clip on YouTube so it has the talking over the top <laughs> that's commitment that's commitment to uh, the nationalism I, I can't believe that she didn't she couldn't remember the line marching onward to Brazil we look good in espadrons <laughs> <laughs> Literally, just the chorus. Like it's it's a it's a it is a catchy chorus. It's like, very yeah, meat pie sausage roll in it. It is yeah, it is very meat pie sausage roll. It's it's the vibes I always get. Maybe she thinks maybe <laughs> she doesn't like that song. But I always sing. Well, it, the meat but, pie sausage roll. One. Yeah, so maybe she just like the only good bit of that song that. is the is the ooh. We're gonna go. I just love this song. It's so stupid and perfectly encapsulates what it's like on the run up to a World Cup. Mm, yeah, I feel like a Tommy kitten. I just the right amount of i always i always remember atomic kitten but i could forget them they just seem to like fade into the back there's just yes. so many like like atomic kitten yeah well then they, they were like the least cool of that like group of girl groups that came through because like compared to like sugar babes they were like white bread freak like <laughs> me is like one of the greatest <laughs> yeah, songs of all time three scousers <laughs> or four scousers at one point it's just the right level of uncool and the right level of popularity where you sort of go how did they manage to get Atomic Kitten for Mike Bassett? And then you think, actually, they're the perfect fit for Mike Bassett. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And it makes it all the all the better, even though it was accidental. There's only two of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, it adds perfectly to the story of the film, like nothing's going right. Do you remember the big reunion? Oh, the TV show, yeah. Do you remember yeah, that on ITV? Yeah, 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 where you got all those groups together after a long time. For, like, I guess, again, the girl groups. Well, not just the girl groups, but those pop groups that exploded in the late 90s early 90s like liberty x like five who were incredible bewitched 911 911 i mean who was in 911 i couldn't tell you exactly (laughs) (laughs) a guy a guy in it was called jimmy constable how how can you be in a pop group called jimmy constable the other guy's called spike doorbarn now that's a lot better It's no real thing. Top five. So, I mean, this is, as as we've discussed, this has been quite a uh, patched together episode. So, this is put together last minute. I was just going to do Can You Name Five official England World Cup songs, but we already already did that. We already essentially did that. And actually, you did better than you you just started listing them off. I was like, that was probably difficult. So, I've quickly found a list of the top charting hits. UK hits, this is obviously, by football players. So non-related oh. football songs. Oh, I like this. This is good. Yeah, this is a really good one. So it's it's songs by football players. Yep. All of them are by... These, these are all by England players as well, to narrow it down. So people who have played okay, for England, okay. they all charted within the top 75. Hoddle and Waddle. Diamond Lights. Is it, in, is it that one of them? Yeah, so, so that is in the list. That, where, where do you think that charted? Oh, God. Number one. Uh, I think it did quite well. Number two. I got it number two. No, it charted at number 12. Oh. oh so, well, quite, so, so quite good. But that is the second highest charting. So there is one that charted okay. higher. Can I guess the first? Yeah, go for it. Is it Andy Cole Outstanding? <laughs> you know that it's not, but at the same time, that is in the list. <laughs> so this is actually a top six. So there are six, sorry. So is it because you just wanted to add Andy Cole? No, it's with the, this is the list that I found. That one is in there. Charted at number I 68. Like I, I feel like I've had this conversation so many times in our chat list. That was not an Asamoah Gad song. That is not in the list. Um, well, As I said, these all played um, for England. So yeah, fog on the, ta- fog on the time wasn't it? England fog on the time charted at number one. God, I don't know. Two. 
Oh, it was number two. Number two. It was Fog on the Tyne. Paul Gascon? But is it, it was Gazza. Yeah, I mean, it was originally Linda's fan song. I don't know if they did this with him. God, who else is... What other England? Like, England? Yeah, uh, yeah so, so Paul Gascoigne and Fog on the Tyne was number one in this list at Chard. Number two, Diamond Lights, Glenn Hoddle, Chris Waddle was number two in the list. I, think, I can't think of a sports song. Snooker Loopy doesn't count. Does World in Motion with John Barnes count? No, it's not in the list. Right, okay. Is this really... Yeah, it's not. You know, I have to give us a clue on this one now. Right, let's see. So let me find number three in the list. Are you going to give us clues like it's a um, guess the football? Or what was that on the football ramble that used to be called? <laughs> Go for gold. Going for gold. Go yeah. gold. Go for gold. So number three in the list, former England player and England manager. Ooh. The song was released in 1979. If you've no. never seen the footage of this, you need to immediately okay. after this podcast go and listen to it. From a player in 1979. Yeah, that was when the single was released. He was a, he was a player at that time. He became the England manager before Mike Bassett. Before. <laughs> and Mike in fact, Bassett. there's actually a picture of him on the wall in Mike Bassett as he walks past all of the England managers. Graham Taylor. No. Nope. Bobby Robson. Um, no. Nope. I, th- I wonder actually whether he would have been the contemporary manager at this time. He was the one before. Um, so. oh, Glenn Hoddle. Nope. In but after Glenn Hoddle. Keegan. Keegan. Kevin Keegan. Ke- oh, Kevin Keegan had a song. Yeah. I don't know this one. The song is called Head Over Heels in Love. This would have been on Football Ramble. It charted at number 31 wow. in 1979. Go watch it. I mean, he was a, bl- he was a bloody attractive man, wasn't he? Unbelievable. It's it's like you can't believe what you're watching. British Rod Stewart. <laughs> British Rod Stewart. Go on, give us a clue for the next one. Oh, what a hideous man. So, charted at number 43. Oh. And it was in 1993, so this player was a contemporary player at the time. I don't know whether he would have played for England at this point. He did later go on in his career to play for England. Tim Flowers. <laughs> Imagine if he got it right just based on that. So I'll give you a description. Do the Right Thing, which is the name of the song, is a dance tune tailor-made for the early 90s. The track was written by avid Arsenal fan and one half of the Pet Shop Boys, Chris Lowe. So there might have been a hint in there. Arsenal player. It's not Ian Wright. It is Ian Wright. <laughs> it is Ian Wright. Ian Wright had a song as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Carpet Right, Right, Right either. <laughs> Do the right thing. And that child oh, number that was a clue. Oh, we should have... Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it spelt with a W? Do the, do the right thing? No, <laughs> it wasn't actually, which is a missed opportunity. But that's the list. It was a top five, so it wasn't a top six. The six was referencing the fact that it was Glenn Hoddle and Chris Waddle. So there you go. Kevin Keegan, I could see him more as Rambo than a pop star. But the thing with it is, it's like, it's not bad, the Kevin Keegan one. The song itself, yeah. it's like, it feels like it's, you, you understand it as a song. It feels like he's trying to start a pop career. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, often with football songs, they're just like, you feel like they're joke songs, don't you? Oh yeah. You could not get away with some of the players now doing it seriously. I mean, it'd be career suicide. Yeah. yeah. Mason Mount doing a rap. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. In those trousers that he wore recently to, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous, to the premiere it? of uh, whatever it was. Um, Black Panther. Black Panther, that's it. Okay, so now it's time for movie or song. <laughs> Can a, you do this? A segment that uh, we never <laughs> planned for anyway, so this one is as normal. So, uh, Alex, what's better, the song On My Head, Son, or the movie Mike Bassett, England Manager? If it had been the song Summertime by Rob Williams, I'd have been a slightly more inclined to choose the song because it is a, a great uh, tune to end the film but if the actual question is as you've laid out there is only one choice and that is my pass in the film <laughs> I'll put you on the spot here Alex is this the best f- football film of all time? <sighs> for me personally it probably is <laughs> 
but I do think Escape to Victory is a great is is a is a film I enjoy, but most people would not. The rules of this podcast: Escape to Victory doesn't exist anymore. Pele's no, dead. Stallone's still dead. dead. Michael Caine's dead. World War Two never happened. <laughs> what a cast that film has! That Aussie RD list. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Aussie Gary Mabbitt. <laughs> you should. You went. You hit the mark. The Mark Lawrence point of that, didn't you? When you went too far. <laughs> oh, I did the film. Yeah, it's the film, isn't it? It's just obviously the film. Atomic Kitten are probably not even in the top five British girl groups of all time. I mean, they're definitely not. Should that have been the top five? Girls Aloud, Spice Girls, All Saints, Eternal. Sugar Babes. All Saints? All Saints, definitely. Yeah, Mist- 100%. Mystique? Mystique, oh. fine. Yeah, I'd say Mystique. Oh, yeah. This, is a, this is a separate podcast. <laughs> Either way, Atomic Kitten are nowhere near. No, Little Mix. I put Little Mix. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, think, exactly. I think they deserve Great. to be in there. And that was our football episode. <laughs> Where do we think we're going to get in the World Cup? Oh, yeah. I think we're a quarter-finalist this year. Last 16. Last 16, yeah. Last 16. Last 16. Knocked out by the Netherlands. I hope it's so bad that I don't even get my hopes up, because that's been the problem recently. I think we'll somehow finish second in the group. We'll somehow conspire to finish second in the group, and then we'll play some. Oh, one good of those first. World Cups. One of those World Cups. Yeah, so it's 2010 repeat. I mean, it's essentially the same group. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. those days when we had no hope? Yeah. How, how much better was that? <laughs> It was just as bad, Ben. I had I had separate dreams. There was no fusion in life. Yeah, you used to go into those with no hope going, well, no one expects us to do well, so we're obviously going to do well because that's when England does best. Yeah. Forgetting yeah. that England do worse in every situation. <laughs> it's a weird yeah, so paradox, isn't it? They have to be favourites, otherwise they won't do well. Well, that's too much pressure. Is that too much pressure? They have to be expected to get to the quarterfinals. Yeah, basically. It's a simple continuum, isn't it, of where we're either underdogs and this is the best chance we've ever had, or this is our golden generation and this is the best chance we've ever had. <laughs> as long as it's not a repeat of 2014, well, we can all sleep easily. To be fair, the worst moment ever as an England fan was the Iceland thing, because I remember being actually angry going to bed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, I can't believe this is going to ruin my Christmas. I know. So that brings it to a, a very chaotic episode of that song from that movie. Uh, let us know which one you prefer, the movie or the song, uh, on Twitter. Uh, ben, what is our Twitter handle? At TSFTMPod. Thank you. So you can help the podcast in many ways, and one of those ways is by sharing this on Reddit. But Alex, what random subreddit should they pick this week? Um, it's going to have to be Natasha Hamilton, I guess. And, and ask her, is she okay after what happened? <laughs> <laughs> after her appendix burst. <laughs> did she have a successful operation? I assume she did. So I mean, she's still around, isn't she? Yes. <laughs> You can also help the podcast by uh, buying our merch, signing up to be one of our Patreons, leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening to this, or just telling your friends about the podcast. All the links to all those things are in the show notes. So all that's left now is do some goodbyes. So it's goodbye from myself, goodbye, and goodbye from Alex. Three cheers for Ramirez! (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to do that one. (laughs) And goodbye from Ben. You ballooned out like a Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> so goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 What, what is an atomic kitten? We need to talk about Diamond Lights. That is an actual banger of a song. It yeah, is, it is, yeah. It is, it is a fantastic it's song. It's a great song. I feel like if you didn't know it was by Chris Waddle and, and Glenn Hoddle, you'd be like, this is a great song.